Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Center for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Hello everyone and welcome to the Stem Cell at Lunch podcast. I'm Anna Maria Kushba and I'm a PhD student in the Center for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Today we have the pleasure of um, uh, inviting uh, with us today Professor Nico Delo, uh, who's from uh, the Free University of Brussels. Hello and welcome to our center. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and about your research that you're doing at yeah. in Brussels? So, so, in fact, I'm a clinician. I'm an endocrinologist working in at um, the University Hospital of Brussels. Uh, also, a part in a private hospital in in Alst. Um, um, so I'm trying to combine uh, both both the clinical work with with um, the lab work, uh, and so our research um, focuses on on the role of um, a certain factor, which is called VGFA, vascular endothelial growth factor, which is a potent androgenic factor, um, and we investigate the role of of that VGFA and and the endothelial cells on um, on the function of the beta cells. Um, it's possible role in beta cell regeneration and also in the engraftment of beta cell implants because we know that vascularization of those implants uh, when we perform that in, in patients it, it takes too long uh, before these uh, implants get revascularized and so one of our ideas was to manipulate VEGF signaling in these grafts to improve the vascularization. So that's one of the focuses of our lab which is uh, has a more broad focus on on on, on uh, looking at um, beta cell regeneration from from um, progenitor cells, uh, for example, in the pancreas. But that's uh, work that has been done by other colleagues. Okay, thank you. Um, how do you find this uh, experience of combining clinical uh, and scientific research? Do you find challenges, and what are those challenges? Well, it's it's in. It's very inspiring on on one hand, although on the other hand, it's it's true that that it's not always so easy to to um, get track of, of of the literature of of both the clinical part and and the the fundamental part of research. But I think it's 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 very important that also um, medical doctors, clinicians uh, try to contribute to the research because sometimes it's not always easy to make the bridge between the, the fundamental work and, and the clinical work and if you're working with the patients that you then you see what are their needs and then and what are the complications of diabetes and that's why it's it's so important that we continue to perform research because we made a lot of important steps uh, certainly technically with, with the, the insulin pumps trying to to make an artificial pancreas, but, but still there are some shortcomings in those technologies. So, so I think that uh, there is still major uh, research effort needed, both on the artificial side of the pancreas, but uh, I think we also still need to focus on, on the biological part and, and then try to, to focus on, on mechanisms to, to induce a restoration of the endogenous beta cell mass or try to restore that mass by transplantation of beta cells because those cells are really the ones that are trained to sense glucose and, and to, to um, release insulin in the bloodstream. Uh, while working with an artificial pancreas, there are still problems with, with lag times and, and the sensing of glucose uh, and the delay in delivering uh, insulin. So I think that there is still um, an important um, future for, for beta cell regeneration and transplantation. 
And um, in your experience, because you interact a lot with the patients as well, what, do you, what research do you think is mostly needed to benefit diabetic patients more directly and in the near future? Well, I think that that's a bit coming back to the, the, to the, the other question in the sense that I think we have to, to improve, uh, first of all, um, ways to, to connect the current systems of, of glucose monitoring, which are performing much better than, than the ancient glucose prick and just measuring capillary blood glucose now you with the flesh glucose monitoring the CGM um, the, the quality of life of a patient is improving uh, so when we can combine that system the CGM system with um, the insulin pumps and then try to make the algorithms to, to try to make them interact uh, more fluently I think that that's uh, an important uh, part of, 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 of research and, and, and potential improvement. On the other hand, I think that that, um, that there is now uh, important steps uh, done in the field of, of stem cell biology and, and use of inducible pluripotent stem cells. And, and so I think that it's worth to invest on, on the further differentiation of these cells um, uh, eventually to go to a cell therapy uh, with the use of these cells taking into account that there are also also some potential risks um, being uh, knowing that these are our stem cells and that you have to be aware that they can um, potentially become uh, tumorigenic so so I think that it's important to to um, try to really terminally differentiate these cells uh, try to protect them in the setting of type 1 diabetes from the immune system because that's also an important part of, of cell therapy you can try to restore the mass but you have to protect them from, from the autoimmunity that is uh, uh, typical for type 1 diabetes so there are uh, a lot of interesting um, research topics still uh, present in diabetes so that's, that's really fun yeah, that's actually very very exciting because I work in the stem cell field and it seems that from what uh, the publications are nowadays that we are getting closer and closer to having functional cells which we can create in vitro. And as a doctor I wanted to know your opinion on you know, how and how we should modify the cells to actually get closer in the near future to a possible therapy. So instead of having insulin injections, um, either having an on-shelf product which could be a cell-based therapy. So how long do you think that in the future we need to invest in research and how you know how far do we need to go to change from giving patients insulin injections to potential uh, stem cell based therapy which could be uh, beneficial it's very difficult in my opinion to to really put a time frame on that i think that there are uh, still uh, major steps to take and questions to be answered and first of all if you want to go to a cell, th cell therapy which is the most optimal site because for the moment uh, we still transplant um, patients with cadaveric uh, beta cells in, in the portal site but I think that that's not the most optimal site for a, a stem cell based product so I think that uh, if you use uh, beta like cells from, from IPS or embryonic stem cells that you have to have a site that is accessible mm -hmm. and not uh, the portal site because there you have those beta cells or beta like cells that like um, flow through the portal system and then they embolize mm -hmm. but you cannot track them anymore so that's important to have 
other sites, uh, more accessible sites, for example the, the skin or for example the amentum where you could transplant those cells and that you can uh, monitor them and eventually take them out mm -hmm. if necessary. The second step is to have an optimal engraftment differentiation, be it in vitro or, or in vivo, mm -hmm. but to be really performant you need vascularization. A beta cell needs um, an appropriate uh, vasculature to send the glucose and release the insulin in the bloodstream. So I think that's also some an important part uh, that has still have to be optimized uh, to, to get a functional revascularization uh, of an implant. So, so also there we are not yet at the end of our, our, our research part. So I think that putting a time frame on it, it's not so easy, but I think that there is an important progress being made. So we have to continue our work. Thank you.